Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Motivation Monday. Today's motivation is about taking ownership over your health. And I'm going to be talking about hormones and menopause today. After I posted on Instagram a week or so ago, just a little blurb about being in menopause and having all these supplements, I have gotten so many questions about what I'm doing, what has helped, et cetera, et cetera, just talking about it. And I realized that while it is definitely talked about more than it was in decades past, it is still not something that people know or talk a lot about unless they're complaining about it. And for me, I would love to just change that conversation to it's a beautiful transition to a different time of our lives. And while there can be some not happy symptoms, there are ways to take control over them as much as possible. And I want to just put the caveat out there right away that every woman is different. I am not a doctor. I am a physical therapist. I'm very, very comfortable with uh, talking about the body and many systems in the body. But I have done my due diligence of researching this for the past three years. And I have an amazing physician who I really would love to have on here sometime. She is so busy that it's hard to get her on here. And she is a integrative doctor, meaning she doesn't just do the kind of regular checkups that internists do. No offense to internists, you know, but it's much more in depth. Like every meeting is 
an hour or two. And my initial meeting with her, I think was like four hours. So she is looking at everything, blood work. I can just kind of briefly talk about the things that I did when I first went to her and how you can look for somebody like this. For me, health is something that I'm always going to put my dollars behind. You know, some people like joining my online platform, some people will decide that, you know, a certain monthly um, subscription is just too much for their budget. And everybody's different. You, everyone's level of comfort is different in what they spend. Some people literally don't have the money to spend. Some people have the money, but they're fearful of spending it. But for me, I was like, when it comes to my health, that's where I spend my dollars. I don't spend my dollars on clothes or you know, other things, but I spend my money on myself. And so I have, you know, again, full disclosure, I have spent money on finding out all this information. Getting an integrative doctor is not tremendously expensive. Um, here in the United States, it's, I do pay out of pocket for it. Um, some of it is covered by insurance, but there's so much more I get out of it. So for instance, I see her every three months and we do all my blood checkup working with my hormones, my thyroid, my you know vitamin levels, vitamin D, vitamin B12, my iron. All of those are checked like four times a year. So it's very, very thorough. But I knew that going into menopause, there were going to be changes. And with menopause, Again, it's not something to fear, but really, really research it. Get to know what happens in the body. It's not just you're not having your period anymore. There's other things that are in place that are impacted and that you can proactively do something with. So when I went to her originally, I got a bone density test. I went to an ophthalmologist. I had not gotten my eyes checked in a long time. They were 2020, but um, I will say since then, which has been three years now, my sight has my close sight, like reading, I need readers. And I just started, that has been a change, whether it's menopause or just getting older, that I've noticed since I was about 49, I'm about 51 and a half now, over 51 and a half. I got a coronary artery calcium scan and she said that everybody should get this, which is really shows the likelihood of some possible coronary artery disease that you're not even aware of. And it's a simple test. It's not a test that's given regularly by physicians. I paid out of pocket. I think I paid 90 or $80 out of pocket. It was less than $100. And my, my calcium score came back as zero, which means that's the optimal. That means like zero evidence that I would have any coronary artery things. But this is where some maybe hidden things in the heart as you get older and things can change and some of the habits and some of your own genetic stuff can start to show up. So I got a coronary artery calcium scan. It came out great. Then I got my hormones tested. And she also wanted... So this is something I had just began menopause, I guess. So menopause is when you no longer have your period for a year. So for 12 months straight, you do not get a period. And my perimenopausal stage... So again... I'm very, everybody's different. I do not have any complaints because I literally didn't even know I was going through perimenopausal. It's like all of a sudden I went from having a very regular period at about 48 years old. I started having a period every three or four months and I had that for about a year and a half and then it just stopped. 
And during that time, I definitely, in retrospect, was like, oh, that's why I felt like I was super angry at my husband. You know what I mean? Like, it was like um, when my doctor explained, like, the last little remnants of your, you know, your eggs are trying to get fertilized. Like, that's their job. So they're kind of pushing out a lot of hormones to, you know, it's like the last bus ride. So I do remember more some breast tenderness, some irritability, but nothing dramatic. It was kind of all in retrospect of like, oh, that makes a little sense that I was a little irrational that day or something. I know people who have many more moodiness and change like hot flashes and all those things. I had none of that. But one thing that my doctor recommend is really begin to log your daily symptoms when you're starting to go into perimenopausal. Like simple things like, what's your energy like in the morning? What's your hunger like? How many hot flashes do you have? Do you have any? How long do they last? What's your mood, like your moodiness like? Uh, because when you have these hormonal surges that you probably experience in perimenopausal, that's what causes those mood swings. And they're real. We know they're real. This is not something like we're walking around being bitchy. It's like, these are hormones and they, they can do a doozy num- a number on us. So it's good to monitor and log in like your moodiness. What's your sleep like? Quality and quantity of sleep because hormones impact sleep for sure. And then anything else that you just notice, like anything that might be different, that might be important, that could have, could be at play because of the hormones. So that, that was something she recommended doing, although I didn't do it because I didn't have really any of those things. I probably, if I had done it, I probably would have noticed that maybe my sleep at times was not great because I definitely, as I found out later, did start to increase my cortisol more at night. And I'm taking supplements for that because that's, um, that is going to make me more irritable. That's like a stress hormone that can be increased during perimenopausal and menopausal times. So I would, I would say for any of you who are starting to go through this, look at your body as this laboratory and really you have to write down, just like you would write down a lab experiment and what you, what you see, what are your symptoms like? And, and, and so write down those things I just mentioned. Definitely get a hormone test. I mean, if you are in a perimenopausal or menopausal stage, you need to know what your hormone levels are. Because what I have come to learn, again, I'm not an expert. I've just listened and I'm really into science, but I'm telling you what my experience is, is that I was surprised at how little I knew about the importance of hormones. I just thought I got pregnant easily. I had normal periods. I just didn't think of hormones more. I didn't know testosterone was important for women. I mean, I just didn't know that much about hormones. So I've come to learn a lot more about hormones. And so I got my baseline hormones done. And that was, again, a few years ago. And when I got the results of that, it was obvious that I was really needing some support because my estrogen was very low, my progesterone was low, testosterone was low, all my hormones were low. And you can do a lot of reading on that, but I can tell you a little bit about that now if you're interested, because everyone's going to have a different opinion about HRT, which is hormone replacement. I am doing bioidentical hormones. That means that these are non-human versus um, hormone replacement is using some kind of um, human animal type of product for a replacement. And there are some risk 
that are going to be associated with it. Um, there was a study that was analyzing over 54,000 women on some kind of hormone replacement. And those using the non-human progesterone had a 10% increase in cancer. And those using human progesterone had a 40% increase in cancer. So definitely doing the bioidentical, you're lowering your decrease, but it's, um, and this is for breast cancer. So that was one of the things that my doctor asked me, did, my, did I have a history of breast cancer? I needed to do a mammogram, which I hadn't done in a while. <laughs> you know. And so those type of things to establish if that was, this was a good course of action. I don't have breast cancer in my family. I've not had breast cancer. My mammogram was normal. So I started doing some of the bioidentical hormones. And let me explain a little bit about why those are important because I never in a million years before going into menopause would have thought I would ever have done bioidentical hormones. My best friend from childhood started these actually because she started going to early menopause and she was having tons of symptoms, lots of hot flashes, irritability, sleep disorders, anxiety. And she started doing estrogen and some progesterone, and they helped her tremendously. So she was the first person that made it feel like, oh, this could be possible. So maybe I can be that person for you if you were like, I will never do these. Everyone decides for themselves, right? It's totally up to you. But to bioidentical hormone replacement is also known as human natural hormones, meaning they're going to simulate the hormones for you. So as a woman ages, we go through the time in our life when several hormones decline. And that's really happening in that perimenopausal and menopausal stage. So there's three types of estrogen, just you can know them as estrone, estradiol, and estriol, E1, E2, E3. And the two other hormones are progesterone and testosterone. They also decline. When that's declining, it's happening, it's the menopause stage. And there are other symptoms, as I mentioned, you could have the irritability. Sometimes they say irrational, <laughs> I don't feel like I had any of those, but maybe my husband would say I had. But you also might have brain fog, sleep problems, you know, hot flashes, vaginal dryness, loss of libido, uh, joint pain. You know, these are so it's it can. That's why it's gotten such negative press because there's some really crappy things that come along with it. So the idea is replacing the hormones in the woman's body is a way that resembles nature, and it's attempting to achieve a balance of the hormones in the way that we had when our body was at a younger age. And so replacement therapy has gotten a bad press for a lot of, for good reason because the premarin, which was pregnant mare's urine, that's why it's called premarin, was used. And that was developed like in the, um, I can't remember, but it was early on, like 1930s, I believe. And they would use pregnant mares, like a pregnant horse's urine, and get, because it was raging in estrogen, and then they would use that in a pill form for women. And that, of course, that became patented and was lots of women were using it. And then it was, it was shown that there was some really um, bad side effects with that, including like blood, blood clotting, strokes. It could increase some of the chances of cancer. And so that is what we think about a lot, you know, is the premarin. And this is not premarin, okay? This is not premarin. Um, and even, you know, even some studies using premarin show there is a mild increase. It's not, you know, everybody gets it. It's mild increase in a certain type of cancer and the, the one that is positive for estrogen receptors. So it's, it's also good to know like your history when you're even considering the bioidentical. 
the thing about bioidentical hormones is they're still, they've, we've been using them. We've had great results, but there's not like the same research that's been conducted like on the Premarin. So what we have to do is weigh out our own risk. You know, I live in New Jersey. Here in the breast cancer, one in eight women are going to get it. And many of the causes of breast cancer will have nothing to do with the hormones, but environment, toxins, other things. So for me, this was well worth it to, to take. Once I understood why, it's important. So why is it important? Not only, because again, I don't have, I didn't really have those major symptoms. I didn't, I never had a hot flash. I'm happy to report that. I feel sad for people who are suffering from those. But the reason why, there's other reasons. What is the reason? Um, and this is why it's really important to understand you know, the value in doing hormone replacement. So estrogen affects almost every organ and tissue in the body. This is what I've learned, right? So it's not just like you're reproductive. It's almost every organ and tissue. It helps them all stay flexible and young. So if you're thinking about tissues like your joints, your muscles, your skin, these include skin, bones, blood vessels, uterus, urinary tract, liver, brain, breast. So estrogen affects them all. And when we're, our hormones are decreased, we can experience fatigue, low energy. This become, can um, lead to insomnia. Insomnia has all kinds of negative things. You can listen to a podcast. I, I talk about sleep. It affects your, it can affect your weight. It can put you more um, at risk for cancer and heart disease and you know, memory loss and all these types of things. So when you start replacing those hormones that really help you with fatigue and help you with regulating your sleep and help you with not having hot flashes um, and help you with normalizing your body metabolism, your brain working, your sex drive, all those things, you, your memory and your mind begin to clear and your mood should even out. And this all is important as well for your heart disease, your chance of heart disease, like I was mentioning, not only sleep, or bad sleep is, is uh, related to heart, or less optimal sleep is related to risk of heart disease, but um, hormones have a play in that as well. So that progression toward heart disease and osteoporosis, which is bone loss, stops when you start to get those hormones um, replaced. And your immune system also becomes better able to fight infections because everything, again, is in more of that equilibrium. So the ones that are replaced often are progesterone. All right, so progesterone is, this is interesting because I didn't really know this. I was like, again, I knew progesterone levels were important for getting pregnant. That's all I know before I went through all this stuff. So the progesterone and estrogen are primarily made by the ovary, but they also are in the adrenal glands and sit on top of the kidneys. And so the ovaries secrete these hormones into the bloodstream in, our, in a cyclical fashion. So as a woman stops bleeding during the end of her period, the estrogen levels start to climb and then they peak causing ovulation and the production of an egg by the ovary. So the egg is then released in the fallopian tubes, travels down to the uterus where it will implant if it's fertilized. So the area on the ovary where the egg was released then turns into what is called a follicle. And the follicle is responsible for producing a surge of progesterone that helps the egg attach and hold it onto the uterus lining so that it can grow if it, if it is fertilized by a sperm. 
And you know, if there isn't any fertilization, the lining sheds, the woman has another period. So that progesterone surge is essential for the woman's health. It's essential. I knew it was essential for the fertility and stuff. But it isn't just produced for the sake of the uterus. Thousands of studies have demonstrated that progesterone is needed for the proper functioning of almost every part of the body. So the most notable ones we know of are the uterus. We know it's the uterus is stimulated by estrogen. And when it's stimulated by estrogen that's not balanced with enough progesterone, the uterine lining known as the endometrium can overgrow and hyperproliferate, and that can lead to an increased risk of uterine cancer. But when progesterone is present or supplemented, it actually acts to offset this by leading to um, that lining stabilization, keeping the cells healthy. So progesterone also affects the breaths. So just as estrogen stimulates the uterine cells to grow, it is known that the estrogen also stimulates the cells of the breast to grow. So when estrogen is not balanced by enough progesterone, it can lead to breast tenderness, cystic lumps, and even cancer. So this is also known as unopposed estrogen. So again, studies have shown that progesterone acts in the opposite manner, leading to the natural death of a breast cells that are not functioning properly, helping to prevent the tenderness, growth of lumps, and breast cancer. So progesterone also has an effect on the brain. It's a calming hormone that helps us prevent anxiety and irritability, those things that are really, really major complaints during you know, menopause or premenopause. It's also essential for our sleep patterns, normal sleep, because the way the progesterone acts, it acts on the uh, many cell receptor sites, including the GABA receptor in the brain. And studies have shown that progesterone is important for cognition, for nerve cell growth, repair of brain and brain cell um, protection, and for mood. It's really like progesterone is the thing I think that helps more people with um, mood swings than um, probably any of the other um, hormone placements. But this is the selling point for me. Those are all selling points, but this one was for me, the bone. It's really clear that studies have shown supplementing or replacing progesterone is the only truly effective way to treat and prevent osteoporosis. I have osteoporosis in my family history. Um, my grandmother had it. My mom has it. Not debilitating or anything like that, but um, I am on the thinner side, so I'm more likely to have it. And so I'm concerned about that. And all women should be because we're really like just deteriorating uh, kind of after after menopause and even before that. You know, our bones start to uh, decline in there, and that's why weight bearing exercises are so important. But the hormone you can do all the weight bearing you want, but if you don't have the hormones that stimulate the osteoblasts, which are the cells that actually build the bone. So these little worker cells, um, these are stem cells and they build the bone. If we don't have that being stimulated to function optimally in laying down the new bone, then we're not going to get, we're not going to be able to prevent osteoporosis. And estrogen stimulates osteoclasts. And those are really important because they take away the dead bone. So they're like clearing out the kind of dead thinning bone and the osteoblasts are bringing in the the new bone. So both estrogen and progesterone are needed to strengthen for the bone to be strong. Um, So that was the selling point for me. And I would do your research on that and talk to an integrative doctor about it. But, you know, I'm also interested in the other things, the final thing, skin, heart, and organs. 
studies have been done demonstrating the important um, benefits of estrogen for your skin, for your heart, and other areas of the body. And so its actions are really important. And we don't, I didn't know about all this. I just thought, again, it was like all reproductive stuff. I had no idea about the bone um, play. So many women are already deficient in progesterone, and then they get even more deficient when you go through perimenopausal and menopausal stuff. Um, Some of the symptoms, if you're low in progesterone, you can, again, moodiness is a big one. So anyone that feels like they want to throttle people all the time, or they're grumpy and cranky and irritable, um, they're bloating, they're having insomnia, um, even headaches, um, this, these kind of PMS-y and um, even some of them are postpartum type stuff. This is really, because progesterone goes from high to low, right in the postpartum, there's like a huge drop in it. It's more hormonal. And if people actually treated the hormones, then um, some of that depression could be dealt with differently. It's actually like, instead of postpartum depression, it's like postpartum hormonal roller coaster. Like you're just dropping this progesterone. So that lower level gives you all those feelings. So really balancing that out and getting the um, right amount of progesterone, it helps your mood, it helps your sleep, it helps your um, irritability, helps your uh, just feeling good. It helps you grow your bone. And that to me was super huge. So progesterone is, you can take it in a capsule or a cream. You take it at night because it helps you sleep better. Again, it helps with that that GABA, the GABA receptor in the brain because the GABA is the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter that functions as the body's internal tranquilizer. So it's like a little like, it's all, again, it's natural, but it's like your own body's signal to like calm down. So that's why uh, you use it at night because it really is meant to help your sleep. And my sleep has been, for the most part, really, really great since I've been taking progesterone for the last couple of years. I take a bioidentical hormone. I take a bioidentical form. It is the one that my my doctor prescribed. And I think it's actually made of yams, if I remember correctly. Um, so it's wonderful. It's I'm, And so my progesterone levels have been just like normal, like a normal menstruating person would have. And I supplement that way and it, and it feels great. So again, it's um, what I monitor too. So if my progesterone and my estrogen were not balanced, she's always tinkering on that. And they've been really balanced. So she hasn't had to do much with that. So that's how progesterone is. For estrogen, estrogen is the one that will um, be more... Now, if you're taking estrogen, you need to, need to take progesterone because of that balancing effect it has. But some people will not be able to take estrogen because they're not going to be comfortable because of their history with breast cancer. And that's totally understandable. And that's where you really should have a great integrative doctor who knows this stuff up and down because you want to feel super, super... I feel really comfortable. My, my risks are low. My risk for getting osteoporosis and fracturing a hip, which I know tons of studies as a physical therapist... Are, is much more damaging long-term for somebody like me than some of the other risks involved. So I'm really happy with all my decisions and I feel great. But again, if you have questions, please go to an expert. This is stuff that I've learned about. Now, I, as always, I also do a lot of other supplementing. Before I went through mer- um, like menopause, I would be lucky if I remembered to take like my vitamin D or vitamin B12, which were the two supplementations I did I were to take them a couple times a week, I would be so lucky. 
Now I have like an arsenal. And so I will go into my supplementation on the next episode. So you're going to have to wait for that. That'll give you, I've given you the background in estrogen and progesterone. I also take, uh, I do testosterone as well because those three kind of hand in hand work together. Um, it's a little cream and I just put it on my inner thigh and, and that's that all of them work together in, in, in ways. So it's good for women to have testosterone as well. And there's great kind of um, studies on that as well. So I will give you more information, but the supplementation will have to wait till next time. But the, I just wanted to go over the bioidentical hormones first. And I want to tell you that do what feels right for you. This is something that if you'd asked me five years ago, I would be like, oh, no way. Or maybe, you know, I, I remember reading or hearing some woman speak about it like 15 years ago. And she said it had changed her life. And I thought, okay, put that in your memory bank. Because I could see like she was, you know, full of life and energy and vitality. And I'm like, she's doing something right. I'm going to follow that path. I remember I had it in my background in my brain. But because I have not been somebody who takes, you know, medications or supplements most of my life, I just kind of thought, okay, nature's going to, you know, nature's going to be kind to me. I'm in good shape. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that I am 51 and a half and that um, I, you know, my fertility was waning and with my, with the hormones going down, even though I was, even though I do believe my genetics and my lifestyle contributed to my menopausal change, not being drastic at all for me, not, I think I was super lucky in that way. But I know that this, no matter what I do well, how, how I eat, how much weight I you know, work out with, do yoga, weight bearing, all that, I can't build bone if I don't have those hormones. I cannot. So for me, that is like, that was a big game changer. But there, as I mentioned, there's a lot of other reasons besides just building bone that those hormones are so important for. The hormones affect the thyroid. And so when I get into that, I'll also talk about my thyroid history. I have history of thyroid disease in my family. Practically everybody in my family has some kind of thyroid thing. And I didn't have it for many, many years. And menopause kicked it into gear for sure. So that was all related as well. I will speak about that in the next episode. Part two, in the journey of Laura's menopause. But I really want all women out there, all men too, because you know, men, you go through different hormonal changes, but you can support the women in your life whether it's your sister, your mother, your wife, whoever, a friend, like support them because this is, we need to talk about this. This is not like we're going, becoming bony, brittle, bitchy women, you know, that are changing and, you know, no longer attractive, all these things. Um, We are working against some of the evolutionary pathway, you know, that we are not fertile anymore. So we are, you know, our some things change, but we can, we can work back against it because we have some natural sources now and we are living longer and we want to feel really strong and vital and vibrant during, this, during that time of our lives. So please start thinking about menopause as just another wonderful phase of life that you can meet head on with any of the less sexy parts and make them happier. Like really, you can, you can do that. So As always, I'm pulling for you and I hope this really helped you in any way, whether it's for other people or for yourself. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 